Hi, my friends. I do this work with all my heart for you. So please contribute generously to Future Primitive. My friends who listen to Future Primitive, I am on the telephone today with Suna Senman. She has many titles, LMSW, CSW, and more than that. She is a life transformation facilitator who specializes in wellness counseling, childhood development, peace education, and diversity training. She has written two books with these themes, including the soon-to-be-published Peace, Discovering Life's Harmony Through Relationships. Uh, She will be going on an extensive national book tour to introduce her new book, So, Suna, to begin with, um, you have worked as a counselor and a facilitator with many, many people. Would you speak to us about that first? Yeah, I started being interested in people when I was very young. I I worked with children. I observed uh, different cultures. My mother's Swedish, my father's Turkish. And he was an engineer uh, in places where people, engineers came from all over the world um, to work together in research uh, here in America. So we always had many different um, people around us all the time. And, when, and, and I was a competitive gymnast, so I was always um, also coaching younger gymnasts and uh, teaching classes. And I, I got to a point where I really wanted to understand human behavior deeper um, in, a, in a more academic and logical way to, to complement my practical experience with people. And I got a, a master's in social work at, at New York University um, Silver School of Social Work where it was very analytically based. I researched many different educations, including psychology and such, and found that um, the type of understanding people, child development and therapy that I wanted to learn, I, I got best from the NYU's um, master's program. And then I worked in clinics for um, the first first uh, job was specifically with schizophrenic women and then the um, and and severely mentally ill and then I worked with outpatient um, families and children and couples and eight patients and I got a um, position where I worked in an AIDS out an outpatient mental health facility for um, people who had the AIDS diagnosis and I, I saw at that time 
lives, how um, how off track from being truly healthy and and thriving and being joyful and having a fulfilled life, a lot of people got. About half of the eight patients were also um, methadone patients, the um, heroin addicts, former heroin addicts. And life was a crisis constantly for these people. So then I decided I wanted to shift and work with um, more proactive helping people keep on track to the most you know, joyful and fulfilling and meaningful life that they could have um, to be even more effective. And, and included in that was um, a nonprofit that I created for uh, healthy human development. And in that nonprofit, I also, our focus was actually first to um, identify what are the, the needs of human beings in any time in history, in any culture, to uh, thrive in a, in a fulfilling way. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we discovered was learning how to be part of the world in service. So I started a, uh, non, a service project for young people, uh, 11, 12, 13, 14-year-olds, where I empowered them to uh, create and fulfill service projects. And in, in doing that, I realized also that um, focusing on our problems just feeds the problem. Uh-huh. But when we focus on solutions and, um, you know, we see things as something you don't like, we can get angry over it, we can complain, or we can decide what small little thing can I do to create a a little better environment, a little better situation here. Um, so I, I work very simply. And, um, you know, some people come to me, you know, now with um, just, ang- like, anxiety, like something's just not working, and and we discover that maybe they're stuck in a relationship dynamic that is being, um, taking a lot of energy and being very taxing. And it's not that you you need to break off relationships. In fact, I don't believe that relationships ever end. I believe they just morph. But it's it's ch- changing dynamics, which one person can do. Um, so sometimes people come to me and say, oh, you know, my daughter, she's just constantly having problems, and she can't do this, and she can't do that, and I wish she would come see you. And I say, well, you're the one who's seeing an issue and a problem here. So why don't you see me and let's try to problem solve together. And I always try to just reflect back purely the person so that they can see the situation more clearly. They can see themselves more clearly. And in doing that, they have a, a better opportunity to make the choices that they want to make in their life instead of habitual choices that they fall into that keep creating the same difficult situation and difficult pattern over and over again. Let me go. No, no, it's wonderful. Uh, Because I have an 11-year-old grandson, I would like to go back for a minute to your work with 11, 12-year-olds 
and uh, I'd love it if you would tell me what you think are are the most uh, delicate, most beautiful points of that age. I I have to refer back to um, both my experience, but also an interview I had with Steve Culbertson, who's the um, CEO president of Youth Service America, which I call like the baby brother of the Peace Corps because they were both created around the same time with the same concept uh, when Kennedy said, you know, ask not what you, uh, what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Mm-hmm. And um, I think um, the, what he noticed is what he spoke about was that children really do have a lot of wisdom and a lot of um, capacity to approach and solve some of our world problems that we need to listen to them a little bit more. And an attitude or a, a, a mantra or concept that I came up with when I was working with the teens was the concept of the wisdom of the elder and the wisdom of the youth. Mm-hmm. The wisdom of the elder is experience. And that experience teaches them stuff, but it also boxes them in a little bit. The wisdom of the youth is the non-experience, the you know, anything is possible. And when the two work together, then those, the, the, the out-of-the-box thinking of the young people can give us a new perspective or a new opportunity to approach a problem differently. And in my experience, there was a lot of out-of-the-box concepts that, that came up that I had already, you know, thought of or seen and didn't work. But every now and then something would come up and I'd just think, well, wait a minute. Yeah, we've never approached it this way and it could possibly work. So I love the, it's a, it, a lot can happen in an intergenerational cooperation, uh, but there, there needs to be respect for each age as well, respect for each person. Um, and that was one of the, Foundations. When I approached these young people, I said, look, the world as it is today, I'm responsible for building it along with everyone in my generation. It's not what I envisioned because I did not want starvation and wars and um, unequal economy and the problems that we're having with uh, ecology. Um, but nobody ever like sat down and, and, and let me kind of think it through and, and and work with me on maybe finding some small solutions. And that's what I want to do for you. So I'd love for everyone in our generation, I'd love for everyone in our generation or uh, who has a little bit of experience to turn to some 11, 12, 13-year-olds, sometimes 4-year-olds come up with brilliant ideas and um, include them in the problem-solving of uh, some of the situations in the world have some respect. That's what I told the children, that I'd let, let them create whatever project that they wanted to create as long as it was centered on respecting yourself and respecting others. I'd back it. That's beautiful. Yes. So you write about having a strong inner compass, authenticity, and purpose. 
Could you speak about that and what it means to you? Yeah, it's interesting how everything has a spiritual and a physical, it has all the different layers to it. I'll start from the physical as a gymnast. You know, you're flipping through the air, you're going upside down and twisting and such, and unless you have a really good sense of where you are inside, um, it, it can be chaotic. So I always try to go deeper and deeper. Like someone may say, oh, I really want to have a relationship. I've got to find a, you know, a, a, a spouse. And that's kind of a surface outside thing. If you, then I, I would ask, why? What, what is it that you're looking for? What's your expectation? What's your need? And, and getting deeper down to the inner, true, genuine, core being in the center, sometimes um, our, our soul is really asking to uh, develop some aspect within ourselves, but instead we, we think we're looking for it in somebody else. And then, in the example of the, uh, and this, I'm working with the example of uh, someone saying they want to find a spouse, in really finding who you truly are and living who you truly are, then the right people will come around you for, um, yeah, for, for growing and expanding in life, and that, that will include oftentimes a partner or and, and it could be a life partner, but it could be business partners. It, you know, so um, it's almost like, you know, being a parent, too, sometimes your child says, oh, I want this so badly, and you realize that they don't really know what they want, um, but you help them get what they, what they need at the core. Um, and I think... Another aspect of what I do in, in um, staying with your inner self and your inner compass is paying attention to yourself to really get to know yourself. A lot of us have probably dated other people more than we've dated ourselves. Oh, you know what I heard when you said that? I heard that a lot of us have mostly dated other people more than we have dated ourselves. Correct. And I thought that was great. So talk to us, if you wish, about dating ourselves. Well, just as we may think other people are so wonderful and interesting, we, too, are a person that has a lot of interest and value and beauty. And, uh, and sometimes we're almost too close, like you can't see the forest for the trees. And I know a lot of a lot of people have a lot of negative self-talk, such as, "Oh, I should have done that better," or, you know, "Why did you say that?" Um, and instead of uh, how we treat other people, you know, other people, we look at them and we think, "Wow, you know, she accomplished this, and she did that, and well, she dresses well." She so we we. Um, don't look at ourselves with the kind of loving eyes and, and admiration 
as we look at others sometimes, and then we feel lacking. And I think that, um, you know, if you, if you look at yourself as if you were dating yourself, um, and then also think of, uh, what would I like to do for this person if I was dating them to show them love? Then you actually receive love as well. I, I actually did this when I was in my 20s. I, um, I booked out my Saturday as a date with myself. And um, I think it was my way of also uh, dealing with not feeling adequate, not feeling loved, feeling lonely, um, I can't remember exactly what, but I do remember enjoying it tremendously for oh, several months. I would just wake up in the morning and I'd ask myself, you know, um, what do you want? And I might, and I'd allow for my child self to speak, and I'm like, ah, chocolate ice cream for breakfast. And then I'd kind of be my adult parent self to myself and say, well, how about we have, you know, some cereal now, and then we'll go out to the park and have chocolate ice cream. So I allowed myself to, um, my many selves to uh, get my needs met uh, because being, it's, it's both being a child or being your, you know, lover that you want to date. You know, I know what I want. And then if I be that lover or I be that parent, I tend to give myself exactly what I need. <laughs> Right, right. So you say, Suna, that love is about, I mean, life is about relationships. And uh, would you expand about that? It starts from an atom. You know, there's electrons and there's uh, protons that interact with each other. There's also neutrons there. So that has something to say about even, you know, uh, a relationship between two people probably have a grounding element someplace, too, a third element. I think that um, that's how, you know, an electron and a, and a proton together plus this neutron creates an atom. A couple of atoms together create molecules. A couple of molecules together create substances. The relationship is what creates something new. And I believe that... Um, if you focus on good relationships, whatever that relationship produces will also be good or be life-sustaining. Life and I remember a friend of mine who, um, her father did very well in business. They were very wealthy. And um, the, the, we asked him, what, you know, what's the secret? And he says he looks at, the people that he wants to go into business with and their relationships with their family members and other people around them. And if those relationships are good, then he goes into business with them. And if they're shaky, he, he stays away. And I, um, and I was like 14 at the time when I heard that. But something in that stuck with me. And then I saw that later on in life, too, that... Um, the relationships that were open and honest, it didn't matter what happened or what came at them. It, there was always a positive, loving outcome. And that doesn't mean that 
there wasn't any problems, but there was always, um, everybody grew through it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people get into very difficult situations, and I just say, you know, just choose the direction you want to go in, and then just move as slowly or as much as you can in that direction. Just keep the direction straight. And... Um, and then that's how you get through problems, too. You have to get through things. You can't really get around things or over things or under them. You have to get through things. And if you get through in the direction of love and life, um, then you'll be closer to more love and more life. Okay, Suna, could you describe to me through your life what you have learned and what do you feel love is? Well, I... Mm, that's a beautiful question, what I feel love is. But what have I learned through my life? Many lessons I've learned through my life, and one is about balance. Um, being a, a girl, I'm kind of brought up to take care of others and um, also in this Western civilization... We're very Christian-based where we should give to others and, and don't worry about yourself. Um, there's a little, there was a little martyrdom in my upbringing. And what I realized, um, I think also by uh, studying more of the Eastern side of things, doing some yoga, meditation, is that it's all about balance. And that if I give so much to someone who takes a lot, they don't feel good either. And that um, it 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 has to there has to be balance at all times, and also balance in my life. I think about that every day. If I work really hard, I I you know have to push myself to rest hard as well. And um, I think love and life are synonymous. I think love is about um, creating. Uh, greater possibilities and in relationships I believe that true love is about creating greater possibilities for others as well as for yourself. So that doesn't always mean I need to be kind or I need to be with this person or I need to be, it's, it's part of that deeper aspect like I talked about in uh, finding your compass and going to the core mm-hmm. is, is really asking what gives this person the greatest opportunity. Um, I know as a mother, sometimes, you know, that the feeling is like, well, I, you know, I should be there for my kids. I should be there and I should be doing things for my kids. And if I really step back and look at what's truly loving, sometimes it's about not being there for them and letting them learn their life lessons and letting them also... Uh, take res- not just take responsibility for something, but then also in taking responsibility, they get the credit for doing what they accomplished. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some relationships, too. I know some people have maybe wanted me to be around a little bit more, and I realized that um, me being around was really keeping them from growing further uh, because I do tend to do a lot and be and kind of um, 
you know, I went into social work because I wanted to help the world. Yes. But what I realized through life and, and about really truly being loving is you've got to allow for um, people to help themselves or people to help others, too. And I, 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 I'm very much against the concept of heroes because heroes always be victims. And um, I realized that that's why I moved away from being a therapist um, because people, the, the, the idea is people approach you with their problems and you're supposed to help them fix them. And I don't, um, I don't do that. What I do is um, act as a, a true mirror and facilitator for your own strengths to come out, your own wisdoms to come out, and, and for each people to, for people to take responsibility in their life, authorship in their life, authority, um, and, and own their own life. So that I think is, that I think the greatest form of love is um, respecting somebody's authority of their, over their life. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. So, Suna, let's talk about your book, Peace, yeah. Discovering yeah. Life's Harmony Through Relationship. My book is almost um, um, my invitation for people to... Uh, Dwells into life uh, together with me in a um, even more meaningful, more expansive way. Uh, I believe that we're always growing. There's um, never uh, a point where we're there and it's all done. Um, and and the book is one that I invite the reader to co-write it with me, to co-author it, so that. Each book really becomes a personal, um, almost scripture of wisdom that um, come from within that person. And and how I do that is just kind of taking the concept of peace, which um, we try to define peace. We may come up with many, many different attempts to answer peace, and that's part of what's in the book, is let's try to define what peace means um, to you, the reader. And I explain what I think it means to me, and there's no right or wrong answer. And I explain also that the people who will have this similar um, core concept of what peace is can then work together in teamwork in, in building that, creating that. Um, and so it's been, it's an invitation first to explore, and then um, I think from this we will, I should be, through my website, and I'm building a, a, a course concept right now, create um, possibilities for people to, uh, to, to work together in building their dream of peace. So the book is just kind of a, kind of a beginning but it's a personal beginning. Like my, my first book, Being, was about recognizing that the reality is your your experience. There's no outside reality to look for and try to follow, but our experience really is real life. And that we 
need to like respect ourselves and respect others, re- appreciate who we are, and um, and that there's a personal aspect as well as a relationship aspect to how we grow. So the the first book was more on the personal aspect. The second book is on the relationship aspect. So they they fit in together. And in writing the book Peace, it gives um, the opportunity to personally explore the, the, the elements of peace. I have 13 elements in the book, um, starting from the honesty and what value is, um, respect. Um, I'm not a very good uh, follower of my book at this particular minute. I don't have it with me, but I do go back to it to, um, for my own growth a lot. Well, so Suna, it, sorry, Suna, what is the experience of peace for you? Peace is about balance. It, it's about um, going in a in a direction of life and love and balance. I look at nature. If you think, you, you know, there's nothing more peaceful than looking at nature, and nature is constantly changing. It can change in small ways as, you know, the leaves grow, they change, you know, gradual ways. It can it change in major ways, like in comes Hurricane Sandy and, you know, rips apart a shore. And so, but every time there's a change in nature, there's also the attempt to bring it back to balance. So... Our lives are the same way. There, there are changes constantly, and ex- accepting that there are changes, first of all, is uh, stress-reducing, and then realizing um, how to try to bring things back to balance is what creates that harmony and peace. Um, so. I don't believe, I believe peace is very active. I don't believe it's passive. It's not, you know, when a mom says, oh, I just want peace, meaning I want your children to just be quiet and do nothing, maybe sit in front of a TV. Um, that's just a quiet time for mom. But, and we need that. That's part of the balance. But peace is very active. It's something you're constantly uh, working at, uh, rebalancing after changes, creating changes and rebalancing. Okay. Okay. Well, what's your passion? What's your passion? What really, really excites you, Suna? You know, I love, I just love people. Um, I started when I was, uh, I guess, an early reader. The first, the books I just soaked up were biographies. I just think people's lives are just fascinating. And um, I guess part of that is, and I, I, I love working, I love working with children. I have to tell you, I also believe we're children at all ages, even at 82 or beyond. Um, we're, we've just been children longer, so we're better at it. Um, but I do think it's important to always keep a, um, a, a newness at all times. And to, like, like a child, everything is new. The first time experience 
And I think if we can um, get that kind of first-time experience with everything, life just becomes fascinating and um, enjoyable. Um, and I, I, I love life. I love love. I love um, connecting, you know, even walking down the street and uh, people come with their dogs and you see these mm-hmm. darling dogs just connecting with them. Because mm-hmm. um, I think people have learned to be more cautious with one another. We're not, um, we're too creative. We, we get creative in a way that uh, can become manipulative or harmful. Um, so I, you know, that's where animals are, are, feel much safer. And, um, and I do believe that people have this amazing, powerful, creative machinery um, that we need to learn how to uh, use more constructively and more carefully. Um, and I guess that's, that's my passion, is to, um, to help or to facilitate everyone in um, creating that kind of love of life and appreciation and respect for life, that uh, there that there is much more safety and um, feeling of comfort in the world, and that also probably is part of my definition of peace. That we um, that that the bulk of the population learns to really appreciate life, respect themselves, respect others, so that there's more comfort and security and trust in the world. So um, in your um, Huffington Post blog, you speak about, you have a a piece about stress remedy, the green pill. Uh, Would you talk to us about the green pill? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm like a, eight-year-old. I'm like a child constantly. So I, I like to see um, things in their newness and in, in different ways. And I just felt like I, every moment um, is just new. And I was in a moment where I had a lot of things that needed to be done. Um, and I, and I knew that, you know, I had this little red notebook that I was carrying around with me with all my little tasks and all my chores and all these numbers. And, um, and I, I realized that it's a beautiful day outside. It was a Saturday. I had the opportunity to just take the car up north and find a hotel and go spend the, the weekend in the Berkshires up in the mountains. And it was um, it was a mindset I had to change of like being stuck to this red notebook that had all my activities and chores that had to be done, and I and I almost felt like you know Morpheus standing in front of me with the with a red pill and a green pill, you know I could take the red pill and pretend that I was being valuable and and, and that my value lied in in my productivity. I could take the green pill and realize that my value lied in just being, just existing. And I think the lesson from this, the stress remedy, is that um, it's 
the attitude that we take towards what our value is in life and what's valuable and um, that that and there's so many things we think we have to do but we really don't have to do them and uh, and when we say we have to do them it's like we're being ch- uh, um, chased you know being driven like being a slave to items things. But if we if we step back and say, you know, I have a choice that I don't have to do that. And then I know that there's consequences of the things I do and the things I don't do. And if I say to myself, I want to do that because I want this particular outcome, um, then it doesn't then you take away the stress. Um, but you need to get back to your inner compass on that one as well, because why do you want to get that thing? Do you, do you, you know, want to work and, you know, make another $300 so that you can buy that $300 product? Why do you want that product? Do you want that product because some advertising campaign has said that that's what will give you value, that will, will, will give you some status, that will... Um, you know, make you look valuable in the world? Or do you want it because it's something that really came from you from within that you felt a need that that's the kind of thing that will make my life more enjoyable? Um, so from, for me, I felt like connecting with, with nature, connecting with myself, getting back to my core and my compass, um, I find the vibrations of green, which I think must be God's favorite color, green and white, <laughs> white in the winter, green in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel then that that vibration also uh, makes me feel less joyful. So I think that's, that's sometimes we forget to ask ourselves the, the, the question and get back to our inner compass and core of like, what, what am I doing and why am I doing it? And what brings me the most joy, ultimately? Thank you very much, Suna, for being with us today. And uh, we've come to the moment where I would like to ask you, what would you like to say in closing? I think the first thing that comes to my mind is, please, Everyone develop um, a deeper love for yourself, uh, of who you truly are in your core, and then that love will automatically shine in the world and make everything brighter. Thank you, Johanna, for having these programs and sharing these inner wisdom that so many people have. Everyone has inner wisdom. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.